are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode, another season of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. I'm Steve Anglovich, and I'm joined by Sam Marsdale. Sam, it's July, and this is the first episode of the 2020 season. How are you doing? Steve, I am thrilled to be back on the pod. We are back for season four, and it's definitely an unconventional one. It is (laughs) July 1st, and my mind is absolutely blown. I mean, where do these last three and a half months go? I mean, you go back March 11th, March 12th, the sports world absolutely blows up. NCAA tournament canceled, NBA canceled, NHL canceled, or not canceled, postponed, their season suspended. MLB followed shortly after. I mean, this whole thing has been an absolute roller coaster. I'm not even sure the month of April even happened. I don't really remember it. But what a roller coaster this has been. And a month from now, three weeks from now, hopefully we're going to have Yankees baseball in Washington, D.C., Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. No fans in the stands, but that's a problem for another time. MLB is certainly facing a big, big challenge this season. And me and you both, along with Every other MLB fan is hoping they can navigate this. Yeah, I mean, baseball is back for now. We're going to go with the assumption that we will play baseball at some point this year, and we hope that we'll play a full season. Um, it, it, it's insane. It's been a wild few months. Um, me and you were, like, were texting that week about, like, let's think about a plan for you know spring training episodes and how we want to do this season and, and things like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'll, I'll talk to you when something happens and weeks went by became months went by but here we are MLB had a long nasty uh you know argument with themselves about the players the owners and and it got ugly for a few weeks here a few weeks and it's going to get ugly again in 2021 after the season but for now let's focus on 2020 baseball is coming back 60 game season we got some new rules we got some new players we got a lot to talk about for the New York Yankees. So, Sam, I think let's kick it off with just what's going to happen. What's the plan here? As you said, opening day is in three weeks. We know it's Yankees, Nationals, ESPN. It's going to be like an 8 o'clock game. Scherzer versus Cole. It's going to be the, you know, the welcome back to baseball here. But, you know, overall, it's going to be a completely different schedule. And you just had no fans. Um, what are your kind of takes on some of the rule changes that are going to be happening this season? Well, first and foremost, you have to look at the designated hitter, Universal. It's going to be in the American League and the National League, and that's going to happen in the 2021 season as well. So that's number one what I'm looking at, and it's something that you and I both have advocated for for a long time. When we recorded these episodes when the Yankees were coming off a string of interleague play and having only eight batters, the Yankees pitchers were automatic outs. There's no more of that frustration. Secondly, oh yeah, and I don't know if it's a rule change, but the 60-game season is is definitely 
puts things into perspective so much more. I was reading something the other day, I believe it was from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. He said a seven-game losing streak is equivalent to a 19-game losing streak in a regular 162-game season. Uh, Stuff I'm not happy with, runner on second in extra innings. Uh, I get that they have to speed the game up, but you got a pool of 58 players. I know you can't... it's not a 58-man active roster. It goes from 30 to 28 to 25. But every game matters in this 60-game season. It's going to be, you know, a, a battle instead of a war, if you get what I'm saying there. I mean, each one of these games matters. If you get off to a slow start, you lose, you know, four of your first 14 or six of your first 18 it could doom you in the long run. I mean, that's almost a 30-year season. So teams have to be put in a position uh, to, to win the game and a runner on second to, to start extra innings. If you're the you know home team, you're, you're kind of at a disadvantage. If your bullpen is thin, uh, even the visiting team, I guess it doesn't really matter which one. So yeah, sure. in a 60-game season, it's not – you know, a long season, you, you lose one, you lose two or three or four in a row. Um, I'm not a fan of that rule. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, I think the first thing you said with the DH, like, thank God, about time. Um, they did pause it for 2021, so it's not official, so they could go back to pitchers hitting. But I think kind of like we said, like, it's going to be gone for good. The, the DH is going to be here. It's going to be, you know, as Yankee fans and AL fans – it's like, oh, welcome to the you know the new generation here. Finally, uh, for NL teams, I think it should be helpful. Like, look at a team like the Mets, or, you know, our crosstown rivals here, having players like Cespedes and Cano, uh, who are older and have had injuries lately. You know, being able to pop them at DH and still you know get their value of the bat instead of having Jacob Degrom up at bat taking some stupid hacks and possibly getting hurt. It completely makes sense here. I think it'll be voted in for 2021, and then it'll be good for for life. You know, that was like the, the ultimate no brainer, you know, check it off the list and continue on with other rules. Um, and then the 60 games, it's, it's crazy. You know, the nationals were 27 and 33 after 60 games, they were in fourth place in the, the NL East. They went on to win the world series. So you're going to see, um, a possibility of, of teams that we wouldn't consider to be playoff teams. You know, what if, you know, someone like the Texas Rangers get real hot and all of a sudden they win 40 games or, you know, the same thing could happen to the Yankees or to a team like the Astros who you would easily would pencil in there uh, to be in the playoffs. If you get a cold streak, like you said, you, you just cost yourself half a season there and you're you're missing the playoffs altogether. You know, once the playoffs come around, um, I think it'll be, you know, you know, status quo for MLB playoffs um, and, and the excitement will be there and there'll be a real fight to get a champion here. But as you said, the 60 games is, uh, is, is pretty crazy. The Yankees will be playing 10 games each versus their division rivals of the Orioles, Blue Jays, uh, and Red Sox. Um, I think that's good news for the Yankees because those three teams did not look like they really improved at all this offseason. I think you'd say the, the best improvement, improvement out of that would be would be the Blue Jays just because their young guys got got a little older and you know guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr. could possibly win an MVP in a 60 game season. The Red Sox lost David Price and Mookie Betts and the Orioles are the Orioles. So it's a good schedule for the Yankees to have, you know, 40 games there and then the other 20 games 
be with the the NL counterparts of the Mets, Nationals, Braves, and Marlins. You know, like you know, Marlins terrible team, but the rest of those teams. Oh, and Phillies. Um, the rest of those teams are teams that are going to be looking for playoff spots. So those are going to be pretty important games. So um, everyone's going to be looking to play spoilers for the Yankees, and I think that schedule, at while it has its benefits, is, is going to be tough. You know, no one's going to want you know the Red Sox being you know having twenty wins the entire year and seven of them come versus the Yankees. Yeah, the scheduling is definitely a fascinating part of all of this too. Like you said, division rivals and the NL East counterparts, um, and to the what MLB is facing this year, obviously limiting travel, but there's still going to be a lot of risk with these teams flying, you know, busing the, yeah. you know, equipment taxi manager. squad being separated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be so many factors that go into this and we talk about the rule changes and the rights MLB has. One of the things I found that was really interesting is that MLB has the right to relocate a team at any time during the season. So with all these spikes of coronavirus cases happening in states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, um, and who knows, in a month or two, maybe it's spiking in the New York metropolitan area. Nobody knows with this illness right now. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of interesting things to watch for this season. And they have the COVID-19 IL. Uh, it was revealed today that players, uh, me- media won't be briefed. <laughs> Which is hilarious. The guy just disappears for two weeks, but you have to guess what he got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to be on the IL with a separated shoulder or a bone bruise. Uh, he's just going to be disappearing for two weeks. But imagine, and I've thought about this a lot when it comes to all the sports coming back, what happens if you have in some way 17 or 18 players on your team infected? I mean, we've already seen with Clemson football on that side of things, uh, 28 players originally testing positive, or it was a number in the high 20s, and then 14 tested positive in the following week. I'm really they're, They're almost at 40. It's just wild to me, and I really, really wonder what happens to a team if this, you know, outbreak hits one of them. It could have, like, it could affect an entire bullpen in a, a day. Like, what do you do if you lose your entire bullpen? <laughs> it's just, it's just fascinating to think about, and yeah. we really, really hope it never happens to anyone. But these are stuff managers have to deal with and obviously have the 58-man roster pool who I'm looking at right here. There's, you know, a lot of these guys are pitchers. And like you said, the arguments or the points been brought up in in football of how you may want to keep one quarterback in isolation this year away Mm -hmm. from the quarterback room, not have them hang out together. And... That goes the same for, you know, like you said, a bullpen. And God forbid, again, really hope no team has to face face it this year. But we've seen how this virus spreads and what it can do. And it's part of the risk MLB is taking by coming back. But we were both talking a little bit before the show. You have to at least try to play. Yeah, I agree. We all could see a scenario where... MLB, the NBA, not to get too far away from from baseball, but we all can see a scenario where these leagues, you know, halt play, cancel the season or whatever. 
but they're at least trying, but there's going to have to be a lot of precaution taken. I saw tonight the Yankees are going to be using the entire stadium for their spring training. Players are even going to be going out to the concourse in some cases to work out. I mean, by all means, you know, social distancing, you know, wearing masks when in the clubhouse, and they're even utilizing all of the clubhouses for spring training. Yeah, my, yeah you have some, to. There's going to be some of the players in the home clubhouse, the visiting clubhouse, and the auxiliary clubhouse. I imagine they're going to be utilizing both bullpens as well. So they're getting tested every other day, but they're going to have to be really, really careful because if there's an outbreak on a team and you lose, let's say, Judge, Torres, Stanton, you know, guys in the bullpen. That's just a normal year for the Yankees now. (laughs) (laughs) You lose those guys for, for 10 or 12 days or whatever when you're playing 60 games in 65 days, and, and that could be the end of your season right there. As I said before, you know, losing four of eight or, or losing 12 of 18 or 16 of 20, that's your season right there. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be – MLB is – you know, they're outlining everything that they can to prevent this. I mean, look, between the two of us, we have no idea what's going to happen. We, it might work. It might not. It might be a complete failure. But in the end, we're going to try and play baseball. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to That's what we're gonna talk about. So if the Yankees are playing baseball, you're going to find Sam and myself here talking about baseball. That's what it's going to be. Uh, you, you mentioned the 58-player pool. It's going to get cut down to 30. Then it gets cut down to 28. And then it gets eventually cut down to 26. But, but a lot of interesting names on this list for the Yankees. Uh, most important, this time off has, seems like it's gotten the Yankees healthy. You know, if there was a normal season here, we were looking at Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Hicks, and James Paxton, all on the DL or IL uh, to start the year. That was going to open up some really nice opportunities for someone like a like a Clint Frazier, um, open up another spot on the in the in the rotation for possibly you know uh, Michael King or uh, or Clark Schmidt. But it, the Yankees, you got to be happy. You got your your center fielder, your right fielder, your your DH, your number three starter, uh, all looking healthy here. Out of those four, which one do you think is going to have the the biggest immediate impact? Kind of knowing the injury history of them all, and do you think they'll all be on the opening day roster? Do I think they'll all be on the opening day roster? Well, today we kind of got the murky answers on Stanton that he's only going to be he might be good to DH for games in three weeks uh and then you never know with Aaron Judge but I think Paxton's going to be on the opening day roster I think Hicks is going to be as well would be you know 10 days out of the all-star break right now about yeah um, about when Didi came back about yeah he came back yeah he actually came back a month before um last year he 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 was, beat he was the back in, in June, back. I think. Yeah, you're right. June, yeah, early June. Uh, so I think Hicks is going to be back, and it's going to be July 23rd by the time they're playing yeah. games. So I, I think Hicks will be back. Uh, I'm most confident about Paxton being back. I don't know about Stanton the, the sluggers and Judge, are, yeah. especially with how transparent or, or, excuse me, non-transparent the Yankees have been with injuries in recent memory. Um, so I'm confident about Paxton, confident about Hicks, and you, you know the sluggers. I don't really know, but the Yankees have a lot of depth in the outfield. You, you see Clint Frazier on this list, uh, Mike Talkman 
is going to be back after being injured, you know, last year, missing the final two months of the season. Miguel Andujar has even played some left field slash outfielder. He's labeled officially. Oh yeah. He was playing some left field in spring training and what feels like two years ago right now. And I, I don't even like remember the Yankees in spring training this year. Almost. I, I remember one thing Cole giving up, Back-to-back home runs two times. To... I completely forgot about that. I, I, I didn't think he actually pitched. I was like, oh, he didn't even pitch. Now that you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I got, you got smoked that one game. Everybody was making fun of the Yankees. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, Travis Demerit and Miguel Cabrera yep. and the Tigers. He let up yep. back-to-back home runs two times. That's like the only thing I, I that remember. That feels like 10 years spring. ago. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, yeah. And then you but, were saying that the judge um, – the. Uh, Cashman seems pretty confident that a judge will be ready, but he also, you know, he's he hasn't really he's taken full swings, he's taken stuff off a of tee, um, so he doesn't feel discomfort. But I don't know, I'm still kind of worried about Judge, and I still feel like there could be something holding him back because you mentioned the great depth that the Yankees have here. Where I wouldn't be surprised if he's not ready by opening day. I mean, I would need him in the lineup. I need him hitting number two and playing right field. But for some reason, if he doesn't appear until you know, it was only a couple games until until August, I could I could 100% see that happen. And and, and Stanton, you know, the frustrations have been there for since he's got here. Um, you know, everybody's been on Stanton's back, especially after last season, only playing in, in 18 games. Um, and he had a mild, what was it, a mild calf injury in, in spring training and we're talking we're three four months we're in we're in fucking july if he doesn't have a minor calf injury isn't healed by now then what the hell happened so i mean that that one you know i was hoping that was going to be a, a stronger answer from cashman of being like oh yeah obviously stanton's fully healthy because i feel like we read a report in early may that was like oh stanton's already recovered for whenever baseball comes back and i'm like oh don't have to worry about that anymore and here we are with the you know with the you know, the non-conclusive answers here. So we'll have to have to see what happens with those guys. Um, you know, Aaron Hicks is going to be the first player in sports history to get Tommy John surgery and not miss a single game. <laughs> like, like, like that's unbelievable that he's, he's been swinging a bat. He's been posted on Instagram and he was at down at George Steinbrenner field, hitting some bombs from the left side. Um, so it's a huge boost. You know, I think both of us uh, are on the Aaron Hicks train and have been for the past few years. I understand that he gets hurt. But it, it's no doubt that the Yankees are a more complete team when he's in the lineup and, and playing center field. You know, the, the center field defense between Hicks and, and Gardner is kind of non-comparable at this point in their careers. And we love Brett Gardner, but he's not really a center fielder anymore. So having Hicks out there defensively is going to be huge. Um, around the infield, you know, before we get to the pitchers real quick, it's, you know, there's no D.D. Gregorius. You know, I'm looking at this 58-player pool list. Um, it's, it's kind of a little sad, you know, DD has been one of the biggest fan favorites, uh, for, for this new look Yankees the past few years. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they go. You know, Glaber Torres, you know, is the next superstar in waiting for the Yankees. Could he have an MVP season at shortstop? Um, which would be pretty incredible. You know, DJ LeMay, who taken over full time at second base. Now his natural position after kind of being bouncing around, expect another great year for him, especially with free agency coming up. And then you have Gio Urshela and Miguel Andujar, battling out for third, but it's been pretty clear that that's Urshela's job to lose with Andujar, especially listed here as pretty much an outfielder. So the infield, the, the, the lineup looks like it's going to be good. And, you know, there's the Bronx Bombers should be hitting bombs no matter who's in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the the infield, 
Definitely a lot of depth there. And you look at first base as well. Luke Voigt and, and Mike Ford, who really was hitting well towards the end of last season. Um, Glaber Torres with Didi gone, he is the full-time shortstop. Um, and LeMayhew, you obviously envision him at second base, uh, but he has versatility all over the place. Um, and Miguel Andujar is an important uh, one of the most important players on this Yankees roster. You, like Cashman said today, they're a little bit wary about Stanton coming back and playing the field. Uh, that's obviously a worry for the team. Uh, and with, with Judge's injury um, history and Gardner, or excuse me, Hicks coming back from Tommy John, if Hicks isn't ready opening day, I mean, Miguel Andujar is going to be put out in left field more than likely. I mean, you're going to have... Mike Talkman, but you might have to put him in right field. Yeah, exactly. We could have um, an opening day lineup of, you know, Talkman, Gardner, and then possibly Andujar in the outfield. And that makes Andujar all that more important. Um, yeah, yeah. For sure. and, and they signed uh, Matt Duffy was with, with the uh, Rays, and Tampa, then yeah. you know, yeah, came, came over from the Giants in that uh, Longoria trade. They signed a- him over the weekend. Um, and shot in the pail. That could be, you know, our, our Neil Walker excitement from a few years ago, you know, not expected to play every day. And all of a sudden is, is playing all over the field. I think if the Yankee, if Matt Duffy is playing every day, the Yankees are in, are in deep shit. But as we saw a few years ago, it, they still kept winning even when they had all those injuries. So we'll, we'll kind of see there. And then behind the plate, I think Gary Sanchez becomes maybe the most important person in, uh, in the Yankee for the Yankees. They, they lost, Austin Romine, you know, very serviceable, serviceable, you know, maybe a, a plus backup guy. That's now, what I was just getting to. There's going to be a position battle for backup catcher. I mean, you have Higashioka, um, Chris Iannetta they brought in, Eric yeah. Kratz. I don't know how. <laughs> Eric Kratz has got the life, man. <laughs> how, how long is he stuck with the Yankees for? Uh, Josh Tolley, former Met. That's where I last remember him. He's probably stopped around other than that, but. Higashioka's probably got the leg up in this. Just, yeah. you know, you know he's, he can hit, the, but he's been with the Yankees for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, there's they're probably going to have an open competition for the backup catcher spot. Um, and and that, brings, that brings us to the question of how, how are they going to evaluate the competition? They're, they're definitely going to do some inter-squad things. Uh, yeah, it's not that much time. It's, it's 20 days instead of, you know, a couple months down of spring training. And they haven't played live baseball in three and a half months. Um, Almost, yeah, almost four months. So uh, Cashman was asked about the possibility today of um, exhibition games. And the Mets are obviously a a match for that just due to proximity. Uh, You can do the Phillies as well. They're a bus ride away. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if they do any exhibition games. I imagine they'll want to get, uh, you know, maybe six or eight in. Not every day playing one, but just getting guys back into the swing of things. But, yeah, it's, you know. It's, it's going to be that because, you know, Chris Iannetta is, you know, a classic veteran, just kind of shows up as your backup catcher. 
But, you know, maybe they go with Igashioka if, if Sanchez remains healthy. And then you got Ionetta on the taxi squad kind of working with the pitchers, being being a veteran and kind of being a, maybe able to, you know, help those guys and try and figure out what the hell the taxi squad's going to do every day. But it is, you know, an injury to Gary Sanchez could, could, could really screw the Yankees with the depth. You know, we mentioned their outfield and kind of infield depth around. So catcher is definitely something to to, uh, to look out for. You know, Gary is, is, is primed to spend some time on the DL with some soft tissue issues the past few years. And, you know, I, I, I trust he's been doing his best to get in shape here. But, again, no, no one will be surprised, you know, 10 games in, you know, Gary needs a, needs a two-week break right away. Hopefully not the case. Um, Sam, we've got 25 minutes without really talking about the man of the, the season in, in Garrett Cole. The biggest, you know, biggest free agent deal for a pitcher of all time. Signs with the Yankees after the years of the Yankees trying to get him, whether it be drafting him in the first round and him saying no and going to college. Uh, not giving up players like Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar, pl- plus more for the, the trade from the Pirates. Uh, but he's here. He's in pinstripes. It's a short season here, but he's here for nine years, and he's going to be here, going to be around for a while. But kind of the elephant in the room, um, maybe will he be there on opening day? Garrett Cole's wife is her due date is July second. We are there. She's going to give birth to their first child. I don't think anyone would blame Garrett Cole for staying away from the Yankees for a few weeks here. You know, I'm experiencing something similar here with with, with my wife doing a few weeks. Um, is Garrett Cole going to be there and report? All indications say yes. But, you know, if your wife's going into labor and with this, you know, this, this virus going around, I don't know. I don't, I don't, you can't guarantee that Garrett Cole is going to be pitching on opening day and not be at home with his family. Yeah, you're right, and I wouldn't even blame him if he sat out the whole season. Some players uh, already came out and said, "I'm staying home with my, you know, with my my pregnant wife," which is a perfectly good reason. Um, it seems like he's playing, but I feel like it's not really been talked about enough that there's a chance he might not. <laughs> yeah, and you tweeted about this last week. I remember he was at the stadium throwing bullpen. I think it was two weeks ago, yep. and you and you referenced it last week that that would certainly be a sign that he's looking to pitch for the Yankees this yep. year. Um, you have s- some uh, coaches, players, and other sports who have said that they're going to be isolating from their family during the season. Uh, James Franklin, Penn State football head coach, said he's going to be isolated from his family, that they'll be at a vacation home in Florida. He's got a daughter who's at risk with something, a young daughter. But it's – there's so much, so many dynamics to this MLB season and really sports returning in general. But yeah, I wouldn't blame him, obviously. And I, I don't think any, you know, sane person would if he took a couple weeks or, like I said, even, even the whole season away from the team. But I think he's going to be pitching for the yeah. Yankees. Um, I, I totally agree there. And I, I don't know if you, I'm a, I follow his, his wife, Amy Cole, she's a great Instagram follow out there. And she's kind of been giving us, you know, day by day updates. She's, even you know had a had a had a poll up there of what's going to come first you know uh, players report to to summer camp or or the baby arrives so she seems to be playing along with it too here and that's a decision they make with their family and that's fine I mean I personally would love to see Garrett Cole on the mound on opening day versus Max Scherzer and you know that's all indications are that's going to happen and the Yankees are going to get to see their prize free agent at, you know acquisition here on the mound. But I think it's, you know, maybe because I'm a little closer, it hits a little closer to home for me that I, I feel like it's weird people aren't talking about it. But if Cole is there and if Cole's healthy, the Yankees have their ace. And 
in a short season, even if he's not going six, seven innings while he builds up that arm strength, those three to four innings and seeing Cole in a uniform are going to be electric. Absolutely. And nine years, $324 million, the Yankees went to get their man. Uh, and like you said, rumors for years about the Yankees trading for him with the you know Pirates. He goes to the Astros. The Astros don't win a World Series with him. But, oh, man, did he dominate the Yankees at points in the last couple of seasons. I it, mean, It just clicked for him down there. It was a different. I remember when they were looking to trade for him for the Pirates and then kind of pulling up his stats and be like, man, he's kind of struggling. Uh, you know, that's not the dominant pitcher that, you know, we, that we would hope for in, at a trade day line acquisition. But when he got down to Houston, it, it was a different player. Yeah, and this guy is just ridiculous sometimes. In that playoff game, uh, it was the uh, ALCS Game 3. The Yankees loaded the bases one time, but other than that, they did not have a chance against him. Uh, and, of course, the infamous Game 7 against the Nationals, the Astros go down without him throwing a pitch in Game 7, and, and that image of him walking from the bullpen to the uh, dugout, he, he basically <laughs> said he basically said to reporters that night that he, he was out of Houston uh, and then all focus shifted to the Yankees. That was so long ago. It's I, yeah, yeah. Blowing my mind. I, I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> who were the other teams aside from I remember the Astros emerged as the mystery team. Like, oh, the Angels is who yeah, you know, yeah. one was rumoring. Uh, uh, that was home. like, I think, four years ago. Um but, you know, the Yankees got their man, and he was their priority all along. Even when Didi Gregorius signed with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you know, It was cold or nothing, and we're learning that it's been cold or nothing for a few years, that the Yankees have kind of had this on their mark. You know, I think, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the, you know, the Machado and the, and the Harper free agency for almost like a decade. Well, it seems like the Yankees, you know, kind of didn't have that one circled. They had, they had Garrett Cole circled. And that kind of got lost, you know, the past five years. Um, and, and it's it has proven to be here we are. The Yankees got their ace nine years, ab- absurd money, and, and he's going to have to go out and, and prove it from the get-go. In a short season, you know, a pitching staff here is going to be vital. Um, behind him, we got, we got you know, pretty much, you know, no Severino, as we know, due to a Tommy John surgery. But it's not, the, it's not all, you know, downhill from there. Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, um, J.A. Happ, and um, then Jordan Montgomery will be back. So it's a decent starting five if that's going to be, you know, you know the starting five, which we assume to, it will be. Tanaka and Paxton heading into spring, to free agency, so they could be kind of fighting for some from for dollars here. J.A. Happ has an option. They haven't really said what's the, the deal with options. He had a certain innings limit to hit. Do you prorate that, and does his option become, you know, valid if he hits that prorated number? We're still waiting on that here. But we know Cole's going to be there for the next decade plus. But behind him could all be could all be changing after this short season. Yeah, you're right. And I wrote about a Masahiro Tanaka extension last month. I, I think that should be a priority for the Yankees. Um, but not looking ahead to next off season. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> One one of Tanaka and Paxson is likely not going to be with the team. Yeah, you know after this season, um, and right now my guess is Tanaka would be the one that prioritize. And Tanaka has even said that he loves pitching with the Yankees, loves New York. 
you know, how they've accepted him, his culture. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Definitely after this year, the rotation could look a lot different. But the Yankees, Cole, um, Tanaka, Paxton, especially how Paxton finished towards the end of last that's, year. That's a, that's, a, that's a playoff three right there. That's three that I, you like. That is as good as any three in baseball. I'm going to go out and say that right now. That is as good as three in baseball. Um, Hap pitched well uh, down the stretch last year. You you know, the the typical, you know, around a three ERA. uh, He he was serviceable. I'll a four ERA from him, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Just just not six. (laughs) As will I. Uh, He he, he wasn't that 2018 pitcher the Yankees – uh, got from the Blue Jays towards the end of last year, but he was good enough, and that's all you need out of the four and five spot. Jordan Montgomery, I've been a fan of him for a Gumby. long time. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, he made some appearances towards the end of the uh, last regular season, but you know, Tommy, Tommy John, you know, hasn't really, you know, gotten back into the full swing of things, and this is arguably the player on the Yankees roster that, that got a wrench thrown at him the most with this season yeah. and his recovery from his injury. So the Yankees, in a 60-game season, they're going to need wins out of those two spots in the rotation. So yeah, I think just and Montgomery are, are going to be big. You know, you think of four and five starters are not often – you don't often need the the best out of them, but they're going to need to step up. Absolutely, and I think you know with the the stretching out, the short summer camp here, the you know players are only going to go possibly two or three innings. Um, I think it opens up a big opportunity for for 2020 and for for getting an idea for 2021. You know, guys like Michael King, uh, Clark Schmidt. Um, right there, Debbie Garcia, you know, Jonathan Luizaga still has been around for here. So I think you could see a lot of, um, you know, that, that rotation five going two to three innings. And then we kind of have a second rotation of these younger kids pitching, you know, the, the middle innings here before we get to that lethal bullpen. And those are going to be the guys that could impact the games the most. Like we know what we could get out of, um, you know, out, out of that, that rotation five, but maybe the second five, Maybe it's someone we don't even know. You know, we'll have Chad Green is going to you know assume his, his his role of a late inning guy, but it could be you know an Albert Abreu coming through and just performing two innings. You know, with young pitchers, their problem usually is like the second and third times through a lineup. You know, that was you know Michael King kind of like something that people thought Michael King would have an issue with coming up into making that transition to to the big leagues. But if you only need to go one or two innings, you know, we could see someone you know become an elite reliever um, and that could kind of push to, you know, then go back into like the, uh, the starter role in 2021. So there's a lot of young pitchers here on this 58 player pool. Um, is there any pitcher that you kind of, maybe one of the ones that I already said that that stands out and could be, you know, that savior, if there is another injury in the rotation to either step into the rotation or kind of be that, that swing guy. I know you're not going to say Louis Sessa here, but give me someone else that you think could be, you know, important that we're not looking at from a uh, on the mound perspective, you know, Davey Garcia. Um, the Yankees did not trade him in the Marcus Stroman talks last year. He was um, off limits for everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you, you got to look at him, um, Albert Abreu, like you mentioned, uh, Domingo uh, Acevedo. They been around for a little up. bit. Yeah, they called him up in June of last year, yeah. I believe. Um, 
possibly he'll get an opportunity. But uh, yeah, Davey Garcia, you know, he was off limits for everybody. Uh, I think there's definitely in a shortened season where every game is going to be so, so, so important. Uh, if the Yankees are looking to make not only make the playoffs, obviously, but contend for the World Series, I think if there's an injury in the rotation uh, or, or bullpen or, you know, God forbid, a COVID outbreak, um, I think Davey Garcia could play a role. And Acevedo, um, like I said, they, they already called him up. He's been one of the guys that's, you know, had m- – I don't think he appeared last year. Uh, I'll, no, I'll, I'll double yeah. check on that. But hard thrower. Uh, I saw him personally in Trenton Double A a couple of, uh, about a year ago, and he kid's got some stuff. Uh, so um, yeah, Sessa obviously though. I think <laughs> I just we just love Sessa. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I think if the Yankees need a spot starter or don't want to go the Chad Green opener. Um, yeah, we, they could go a big opener, right? You know, Sessa, yeah. Sessa had his moments at, at times last year. He ate the yeah. innings that they needed. Out of the bullpen, too, especially, that slider down on the way to righties. Um, he was good in some situations, but Davey Garcia is a guy I'm looking at. The Yankees held on. They didn't trade him for a reason. They almost uh, called him up at one point. There, there was, you know, they, you know they, they, they correctly were like, we're not going to push this guy through it. But there was articles every day about should this guy be in the majors let alone, you know, double A and triple A. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be, you know, electric. I want to see, you know, it, what what he, he does there. I think Clark Schmidt is one that I've been talking about for for quite some time. I wrote some articles about him. You know, he had Tommy John as soon as the Yankees picked him. Um, the Yankees knew it was going to be a long, you know, road for him to get back to normal. Had his first few years. It kind of seemed like a disappointment because he didn't pitch that much. He had another injury after Tommy John. But, but really put it together last year and was making waves here. I think if there was a full season, we would have seen Clark Schmidt be in the Yankees rotation around this time this year. So I, I would have guessed that, you know, post-All-Star break, come August, Clark Schmidt starts getting some innings for the Yankees. So I wouldn't be surprised to, to see what, what, you know, if he has a big impact um, throughout the season here. Um, I'm going to butcher his name here, but Miguel Yare, um, he's, he – made his way in and kind of did some damage in single A last year, already 22 years old, uh, got promoted to, to double A where he would have started this year. But as you said, we just don't know what's going to happen. If he lights it up in this summer camp, is there a possibility that he gets some innings? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, what players are used, especially with the expanded rosters. Ben Hiller fully recovered here. The Yankees have been high on him before he had Tommy John. So the, 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 the bullpen, besides the big names that we've, we've kind of avoided, because we'll talk about them all year of, you know, the, you know, Chapman and, and Adovino and, and Britain. Um, there are names here that are going to be with the Yankees that could be on the taxi squad. Uh, the taxi squad could be, you know, it could be shuffling players back and forth. I'm not sure how it's going to be utilized, but there are some names here that, that really could be, you know, an interesting thing uh, with the 60 games here. Um, so with the 60 games, anything can happen. We saw last year guys like Mike Talkman and, um, why am I completely blanking on who am I thinking here? <laughs> on Gio Urshela, obviously. So Mike talking to Gio Urshela took the Yankees by storm throughout certain parts of the year. At one point, Gio Urshela, what was over a 60-game stretch, was hitting 329 at 14 home runs and 35 RBIs. In a 60-game season, we could be looking at MVP-type numbers from, from these guys. And same thing for, for Talkman. Sam, you've got to pick one player that would not be projected – um, to be getting regular at bats, but then given Yankee injuries, 
somehow pulls out like an MVP type season in, in 60 games. Are you going to go with the Urshela Talkman kind of guys like last year? Or is there another name that, that might, that we might pop up? You know, they just signed Matt Duffy, <laughs> who we were familiar with, with the Rays, of course, he's going to be 29 years old. And in 2018, he had an injury short in 2019, hit 294, um, four homer, only four homers, not that much power. Um, but like you said, Gio Urshela was never a um, big power guy before last year, and he still wasn't. He only had 20 home runs, I believe. Um, but yeah, Matt Duffy, a guy we saw with the Rays, um, y- you know, not even 30 years old yet. I don't know about MVP numbers, but if right. the Yankees have injuries in the infield, you know, we've seen Torres get banged up uh, since he came up in 2018. Um, you know, LeMahieu battled some knee troubles last year. Guy ex- with experience in the American League East. Give me this guy, Matt Duffy. Uh, I, I don't hate it. He's like you said, he does have experience. Kind of knows how to play it. Um, yeah, I guess the, the MVP type number was a little, you know, erroneous here. I take this good, but if he gets playing time, it, you know, you never know that what what could happen. The Yankees have been known to to, to strike um, gold with players like this. Um, I'm going to go with a, a name that's been around for a while, and I think that the rules are going to really benefit him to to make an impact. Um, and it's Tyler Wade. You know, the, the, the extra inning rules, like having a guy on second base, that's going to be Tyler Wade anytime the Yankees get into the situation here. Lightning quick speed can easily steal third from the get-go, and the Yankees can score a run with the ground ball every time there's an extra inning. So Tyler Wade's going to be interesting to me. He's played... A lot of positions. He's played. We saw him play some some outfield last year. Um, could there be a scenario where someone on the infield gets hurt and you have to move Lemayu to first base, for instance? Maybe Tyler Wade takes over the everyday second baseman role. He's been working on a swing. Like Tyler Wade's not going to be, you know, hitting three hundred and clobbering home runs here. But if he could be an everyday player, which a lot of people think has already passed him, but he's only twenty five years old and defensively he's strong and on the base pads he's lethal. If this guy could just hit. 260 uh, in the, in this lineup and, and get regular at bats. It'd be a surprise if he got regular at bats, but you know this kind of short season could be something to to jumpstart Tyler Wade's career. Yeah, you're right, and that's gonna be like you said. He'll be the guy on second base. I forget. I know obviously the rule with the guy on second is the thing, but how how is that decided? Is it? I'm assuming it's like uh, T.J. Oshie in uh, the you know the Olympics years ago, where we just kept throwing him out there for every uh, every shootout for hockey. Um, to be honest, I haven't looked it up, but if you get to pick a guy, there's no guy better in baseball than Tyler Wade. Yeah, or I could see, like you said, about the Oshie reference of how he just kept scoring the shootout goals and in the uh, international hockey rules in the Olympics. Um, I could see something where you have like a pool of three guys, like, like and. 10th inning, it's one guy. Uh, 11th, it's the next. And then 12th, it's the final guy. And then if it goes to the 13th, it goes back to um, yeah. you know, the then, first then, guy. You know, when do you pull the trigger on someone like Wade? Is, do you have him the 10th or you have him the 12th? That would be, be an interesting uh, you know, kind of strategy there. For, yeah, for, for all the, the NL fans that are so mad about the strategy that's lost with the pitcher hitting, this could be their new thing that they love is just discussing the strategy of – who they put on second base. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's definitely going to be a twist. Uh, the gambling aspect of it, too. I know, I know oh. we both... Oh. There you go. Hitting the heart, Sam. <laughs> how this is going to impact a lot of overs. I mean, oh, how, yeah. how, how many times are you going to see, you know... Uh, I, I bet they're going to... If, if a game goes to extra innings, overbetters are going to be sitting pretty, I mean, because... It'll be like There's college be a, football when they, all of a sudden you get like 30 points in overtime and you're, you're over that was dead hits now. Yeah, it's going it's gonna to add a lot of interesting twists no matter if you know we're a fan of it or not. So that's an aspect that I'm going to be looking at. Um, yeah, so uh, they've tried this out in the minor leagues as well. Yeah, I hope this uh, doesn't stay. I know we talked about it a little bit here, but... I mean, Tyler Wade is going to hope that this becomes an every-inning thing, not just an extra-inning thing. But I hope this is a one-and-done for, for baseball. I thought they were going to go with back when, you know, they were first talking about the sport coming back. I thought they were going to go with an automated strike zone for social distancing. Oh, that's a – I didn't even think of that. Sam, I that really is, thought they were going to do that. I haven't heard anything about that even. So that's, that's – uh, I'm shocked that we haven't heard more about that. Like that, this would have been the time to try it out uh, or something. But I'm I'm intrigued by that. I I wonder if they they should do that for like they should have the taxi, um, the taxi squads play like games and and try it out for that. I thought they were also going to ban mound visits. Um, mm-hmm. No no talking stuff over. Um, maybe give players you know walkie talkie or. or not walkie-talkies, but you know, an earpiece that they yeah. keep in their back pocket, um, yeah. and an MLB and an MLB administrator or, or whatever gets to signal when that gets to come yeah, on. That's an interesting and, one. You know, manager signals upstairs, uh, and it's one of his six mound visits, and you know, the guy pulls the earpiece out, uh, or, or the infield pulls the earpieces out, puts them in, and the manager gets to talk for thirty seconds. Um, not a bad that one. Was, I like that one too. You, you're coming out, coming out with the rules. Uh, I, I thought we were going to have provisions like that, yeah. and then for for pitching changes, I think I, I thought you, they do were. Do you need gonna, to go to the mound? Like you just be able. No. The new guy should just come in, right? <laughs> yeah, you signal, and you know, you bring your guy in. I <laughs> oh shit! There's a guy running in from center field. Oh, it's probably a mound visit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that they were honestly going to do that, and. With all these social distancing rules and the Yankees and other teams are obviously taking it serious with, with, you know, how the Yankees are utilizing their entire stadium. And there's even going to be guys, since there's going to be no fans at the stands, uh, at least in a lot of places for the beginning of the season, some teams are want to get them in towards at some point in the season. I don't know how realistic that is, but it's going to be so, so weird because players in the game, not in the game, are going to be in the stands. Yeah, yeah. Did it's you see what the uh, so... Did you see what the Oakland A's are doing? Yeah, they're <laughs> so you could buy fans yeah. to, to buy cutouts. <laughs> um, for it's like eighty nine bucks, and then you can pay. I thought it was a hundred thirty nine bucks or something. That if a ball hits your cutout, yeah, you yeah. get the ball. That the, <laughs> And the player signs the ball and sends it. To I you. love it. That's a great idea. I mean, what it, like a uh, people are gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that, but people are gonna do that. And, and yeah, you could pay extra to be in like prime foul ball territory, and then they 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 send you the ball. But I mean that that's 
who's not going to want to watch that if you're an A's fan and be like, oh, my cardboard head off just got his head taken off by a foul ball. Yeah. Like section one, I'm in section 127, row 18, <laughs> yeah. seat four. Where is that? Do you oh, know what they, looks like a... they should do is take down the safety nets that are they put up last year. And just to show how dangerous it is, just seeing these cardboards just get cut in half by foul balls. And <laughs> 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 be like, see, this is why we have nets, you idiot. <laughs> Not to get into the, you know, COVID restrictions and, you know, obviously there's measures being taken by federal, state, local governments. I hope that there's a time in the season where the Yankees allow a limited number of fans wearing masks. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope we get to that point for, for all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think Aaron Judge kind of said that too. He's like, it would be awesome if, you know, by playoff time, even like 20% of the stadiums were full and, you know, you, you, you distance them out. And that, that's the ultimate goal here. Look, it's going to be a weird year no matter what. And, I, you know, I think we would all love to I – would, I would pay a lot of money to go to a Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, safely and watch watch a game this year in 2020. Like people love – people need it, I, you know – Baseball has a chance here. They, 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 they've screwed it up the, a lot the past few months here. But now that we have a date, now that we kind of have what, what the season is going to look like, you know, an exciting season is, is going is to be hopefully happening. You know, could a player hit 400 throughout the 60 games? Uh, you know, does someone hit 20, 25 home runs or whatever that, that, that equivalent will be? So there's a lot of things we can do. You know, we'll, uh, you know could – could a guy like Zach Britton have a zero or Adam Adovino have a 0.0 ERA? Or could it go the other way around? Could Luis Sessa's ERA be like 400? So I think that, you know, from a stats perspective, I think it's going to be fun to kind of keep track. You know, we're going to do the home run tracker here. But maybe we look at, you know, I'm pretty sure Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa have the most home runs in a, in a 60-game span. I think uh, John Carlos Stan's actually tied with Barry Bonds on it. But, you know, does any player touch that? It's like 27 home runs. So is, can someone hit a home run every other day? You know, will the balls still be juiced? Are they going to change the balls? Like something that kind of also has been swept under the rug is, you know, are we going to see this surplus of home runs? For this year, juice them even more and cork the bats. Like you got 60 games for baseball here at the same time. Give me time. the metal bats. Give me metal bats. Give me anything, yeah. You got, I mean, at the same time, you're going to have a NBA, NHL, you know, golf's been coming back. NFL is going to be coming back. Like you're competing against everybody. You know, summertime used to be for baseball and they've lost that now. So uh, I kind of talked about it on, a, on a, a podcast a few weeks ago of like baseball needs to do everything they possibly can to make sure that this is – ends up being one of the more fun seasons of all time because they, they pissed off fans and the competition's gotten stronger. Yeah. And they had an opportunity to be the first sport back and, you know, they kind of blew it, but at the same time, I don't know how quick they could have come back due to, you know, the coronavirus outbreak. I mean, hell the NBA was already, more like I don't know, eighty percent done their regular season, and they're not coming back until you know late July. Obviously, their plan's a lot more complicated. Uh, the NHL still doesn't have their hub cities; uh, they don't know what they're doing. But I don't know how quick baseball could have got back. Um, I felt like they could have been back by July fourth. They could have came back this weekend, opening day, July fourth. You know, baseball, America's pastime. Um, I had no idea if that actually was any possibility if, you know, if a deal was, was struck early, but like that, like that was always what I was looking for in my mind when we canceled, you know, when we paused everything in, in March was like, all right, summertime, bring the heat, 
Give me a give me a hot dog and a beer and let me watch baseball on July fourth. That was my hope. Um, it's not happening, but you know, at least we're, we're we're only a few weeks delayed from that. Yeah, and like we said, we we hope it comes it comes back. I, I'm the believe it when I'll see it person. Yeah, can't blame me. I for mean, that. that's that's what I think most people the, the state of mind most people are in. Um, but. I'm thrilled to have it back. I can't believe I've made it almost four months without sports. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget in the beginning of this thing. Uh, I was like, all right, you know, no sports, you know, for, I don't know, a, a month or so. They'll come back without fans and then we'll have them. I know. We'll have fans by like the 4th of July or something. And it's this kind of really been weird. Just... It's, it's been a weird feeling to to not have to be like, oh, I need to be watching this game at this time or, you know, cause you know, at least for, I think for both of us, like our, both of our lives kind of roll around the sporting, you know, all the industry and to just see it disappear. We kind of, you know, it eventually became the norm, but I think we're, we're glad to throw the norm away and let, let's get yeah. back to it. Give me, you know, give me everything. Give me watching. Yeah. I hope that I would love for the sports to get together and be like, all right, we'll rotate it over to here, but like 11 AM, let's have a hockey game. Uh, 2 p.m. Let's have you know some some day baseball. Then we'll get nighttime to the to the NBA, um, and then just kind of spread it out. I mean, there's be games all around, so you can kind of pick and choose. But you know, if we can get you know noon to midnight every day for the next three two three months of getting all these sports going, that's going to be pretty awesome. You mentioned it. I, it was like a month ago on our Slack uh, of how th- like I look forward to 705 every night. You do yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned like how three o'clock to nine o'clock just like disappears goes like that. Yeah. I mean, it disappears. I mean, you're like, all right, yeah, I got to get done this to, you know, settle and have a Bud Light, watch the Yankees at seven Oh five. And that feeling has just been going and, you know, finish it up work at three or four or whatever. You're like, all right, you know, eat dinner, do whatever you have to do and then boom it's nine o'clock like the day's the day's done yeah it's been a complete change of you know like you know everyone's schedule has been messed up and it's it's good that we're gonna ideally get back to its normal i would love to be mad that i'm not in front of a tv at 705 again but you know they you said the days the days kind of have changed and we'll, we'll see here but either way like sam it's we as episode one season four we just spent an hour talking and it felt like 10 minutes and it felt so good to talk about New York Yankees baseball, quest for 28. There's a lot of things that we still don't know, but as of right now, players are reporting to camp. They're getting the summer camp underway, and we're going to have baseball in, in three weeks, and that's awesome. And chatting here, we, we, we have, hopefully have another you know one or two episodes before the, the season starts here, and then we'll kind of you know pace it out and see what the, what the season looks like here. But, Sam, it's, this has been great. This has been a, an easy hour and returning to a semi-normal here, seeing your your smug face up here on Zoom. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, I am thrilled, Steve. I, I enjoy doing this. We, we, we've kept up once a week for for you know three yeah. seasons now. This will be season four. Um, it's so great to be talking with you again, talking Yankees. Um, I'm thrilled. Stuff is coming back. You know not only in the sports world, but outside of it, you know, starting to ease back into things. Uh, and it's been great from being locked down for, you yeah. know, a while. Um, you know, baseball is back in the Bronx, you know, players reporting. It's a great 
great feeling. Uh, hope everybody stays safe. You know, yeah. so yeah. Can, the you know, key is here. You know, for Fourth of July, we were, we're we are not experts here, but everybody be safe so we can keep having this podcast because that means we're going to keep having sports here. You know, another lockdown nobody wants, so we'll just enjoy the Fourth. Start paying attention. Get those notifications up there on, on uh, for the Yankees Twitter, and you know, hopefully we'll have no injuries and. We'll, uh, we'll be back throughout the year. And the, the quest for 28, man, it's still going to be, if you, whoever wins, in my opinion, still World Series champion. It's going to be an even tougher year given the, you know, the circumstances around the season. Absolutely. And everybody says, uh, you know, there's going to be an asterisk, yada, yada. Uh, I read something tonight. It was from Austin Rivers of uh, the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where he's playing right now. Uh, it's it's gotten behind me. I Pelicans, I, I believe the you know his dad traded him with the Clippers. Yep. Uh, and great to the NBA is a he's lot with Houston, more. but he's been bouncing all around. <laughs> oh yeah, I. <laughs> we're, we're, where's the baseball podcast, Sam? Don't worry. <laughs> granted, the NBA is you know eighty percent or whatever done their season. Uh, and you still have players saying that their title or the NHL's title is going to be tainted. I think, and he said this, which I totally agree with him. He said the asterisk is going to be there, but it's going to be a good asterisk. Uh, this yeah. is going to be the toughest year to win the championship, and the same could be the uh, said for the MLB. We were never getting it 162 game season this year. It just wasn't going to allow for it. So. Let's play what we can, and the best team is still going to win the World Series. I'm fairly confident in that. I agree. Let's see what happens. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an absolute race to the finish here. So, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us during this, you know, quarantine time. Uh, There hasn't been much to talk about, but here we are talking Yankees. We'll be back. And the season will be back and baseball's back. Be sure to check us out at GothamSN.com. As, you know, more news comes out, Sam and I will be, you know, writing some more articles about the Yankees and picking up like we were last year. Um, and hopefully we'll be talking with you guys throughout all of the winter here and celebrating a, a World Series title. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at AngelSteve89. And you can find Sam at Real underscore Sam Mars. Uh, appreciate the love. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Toodle, Steve.